Get lit. Good morning, good evening, and everything in between. Welcome back to Get Lit, the literary podcast that explores the stories behind some of the most famous and iconic works of literature and the authors that wrote them. I am your host, Stephanie Svars, here with my co-host... John. Is that it? Uh, John Stricker. Better? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> um, here with John Stricker, who I bribed to show up this week with uh, some chocolate-covered matzah because Passover is starting in a week, and the change that I found at the bottom of my backpack. I'll take it. So last week, we took a look at my least favorite uh, novelist, J.D. Salinger, and explored his life per the request of my students. Um, and per the request of my students, but mostly myself, this week, we're going to look at F. Scott Fitzgerald, who wrote The Great Gatsby, which is one of my favorite works of literature. Okay. That's your opinion, and as a structural engineer, I hold it in very um, low regard. <laughs> I will pretend not to take offense at that. You shouldn't. Okay. Just go build it. Go build it the house. Yeah, that's what we do all day. <laughs> but good. Okay. Um, and I read words that by dead people, so very we good. all have our skills. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, this week I'm going to talk a little bit about F. Scott Fitzgerald's life and history. I think he's a really storied author, um, one that people maybe know a lot about or at least have heard a lot about, particularly in regards to him and his wife uh, and their sort of capture of the essence of the 1920s in the United States. So we're going to go all the way back in time um, before that to 1896 in a little town called St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm. I've never been there, but it's probably cold. I guess. <laughs> so um, F. Scott Fitzgerald is born <laughs> September 24th, 1896, which I think makes him a Virgo, which is legit. I feel that energy. F. Scott Fitzgerald is the only son um, of a very unsuccessful businessman and um, a mother who just happens to have a large inheritance, which as a woman during that time period isn't a bad way to go, to be honest. Um, his father moves them around the country uh, in pursuits of various jobs. At one point, he actually works for Procter & Gamble, um, but loses that job. I don't know what Procter & Gamble does. I just know that they're a big company. Um, so he moves the family around quite a bit. Eventually they wind up back in Minnesota to live off his wife's inheritance. F. Scott Fitzgerald isn't a particularly successful student either. Um, although he does publish his very first work at the age of 13, mm. he writes a detective story and it gets published in the school paper, which is very impressive considering that when I was in junior high, I think I wrote an article, um, about, like, what kind of dog you should get. Yeah. F. Scott Fitzgerald continues his education uh, at Princeton, uh, but unfortunately he winds up on academic probation and then doesn't finish. But, I mean, it was Princeton, so maybe we can excuse him for that. Yeah, but the last two, the last author also dropped out of school. Is this the way to become an author at this time in nope. history? Nope. nope. Kids, uh, any children, students who are listening... Go to college. Uh, graduate if you can. Graduate. No, just graduate. Just graduate. Go to college and graduate. That's that's how you do it, okay? Um, so he doesn't finish Princeton. 
Um, but while he's at school, he meets this girl named Geneva King, and they start a relationship, and he attempts to marry her, um, but actually at some kind of family function, he overhears her family talking about him, and a quote that sort of resonates and sticks with him is really sad, Is uh, and it's debated who actually said this, which family member, but they said that poor boys shouldn't think of marrying rich girls. Uh, which, you know, kind of is a like line that literally could have been pulled out of The Great Gatsby. So I think that's sort of really interesting to think about is how much of the things that I'm going to tell you tonight wind up appearing at some point in time in his books, which is why I think really, I mean, I guess all authors to an extent write something from their own experience. Um, but for, for me, through reading all of F. Scott Fitzgerald's work, it's, in my opinion, really apparent that he wrote a lot of things from his own life and own experiences. Hmm. So, um, doesn't work out with Genova. It's fine. It's okay. Um, a little bit later, he winds up, uh, enrolling in the military, drops out of school. So he's like, what's next? I'll go serve in the military. Um, we're in the middle of this world war thing that could be kind of cool if I go over and and fight. Mm. So he is um, training at a training camp in Alabama, uh, but he actually never winds up getting deployed because the war ends. So, I mean, no war glory for him, but he also conversely lives. So maybe it's a fine trade off. Yeah. Um, He tried. He did. He did. He enrolled and then the war ended. So good for him. Um, But more so than his military career, he meets this woman named Zelda Sayer, Mm. um, who has a fascinating life in her own right and has written her own work um, kind of actually about it, an autobiographical book as well. Um, So he meets Zelda and they fall in love and they get married in 1920. Um, and it's actually also that year that he publishes his first and most successful, successful text, The Beautiful and the Damned. Um, that is not where I thought you were going with that. That was the most successful? Yeah. Um, Gatsby was a flop and he only wound up finishing four books in his lifetime. He published one after his death, The Last Tycoon, but it wasn't finished. Whoa. So he was really, um... A short story author. Um, most people actually, I think, know that he wrote The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, which was made into a film. I think Brad Pitt? Uh, I have no idea. But that's news to me. I didn't know oh, that. that sounds good. So it's probably featuring Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Button. A subtitle probably featuring Brad Pitt. That sounds about right for me. Um, so he writes Benjamin Button. He's written a bunch of other collections. I'd personally recommend Flappers and Philosophers. It's kind of um, a really fun series of of his short stories. So he publishes The Beautiful and the Damned in 1920. And um, throughout different points in his life, kind of really for the next 20 years, he spends most of his time escaping society. Mm. So Zelda is a party girl. F. Scott is a party guy. Um, and they drink excessively all the time and wind up spending most of their time running away from the problems that they cause in the places that they live. So in between 1920 and 1940, he lives in New York City, Connecticut, Minnesota, Long Island, Paris, on the French Riviera, in Rome, Los Angeles, Delaware, Switzerland, Baltimore, and North Carolina. How? They just, they have to do a lot of running. Oh my god! a lot of... They had a really fast horse. 
<laughs> I could cross so, the Atlantic. Sure. No big deal. It's fine. It is a very talented horse. So um, they live in all of these places, and F. Scott Fitzgerald continues to write, and that's really how he supports um, their life and everything like that. Uh, he publishes The Great Gatsby in 1925, and this was a work that he was really proud of, but unfortunately wasn't critically recepted very well at all. Um, critics kind of panned it as being inconsequential and, and not particularly interesting, um, but he considered it to be a really successful work. After he got it published, he had some correspondence with his publisher, actually, kind of analyzing why it might not have done as well as he thought. And one of the reasons that he actually gives for it not being as successful as it could have been is because it has no female protagonist. Mm. It has, like, no female lead character, which I thought was, like, totally fascinating that he's addressing that in the 1920s, because um, we still have people who deny that women should be protagonists in their own lives. Um so he writes The Great Gatsby. He writes a series of other short stories. They get published and all kinds of things like that. He's running around with Zelda. They're trying to figure out their life together. Unfortunately, um, Zelda has a series of mental breakdowns when they're in um, Baltimore in Maryland, uh, right sort of after they have their first and only child who is named after her father. Her name is Francis, but they call her Scotty, which I guess is also technically his name too. Yeah. Francis Scotty Fitzgerald, but they call yeah. So um, they have this one daughter, and Zelda has a series of breakdowns and winds up in a sanitarium to be treated sort of for the rest of her life. And F. Scott Fitzgerald moves out to L.A. to kind of try his hand at screenwriting. Wait, well, he leaves his wife. Yes, in an institution. Correct, and flies halfway across the country to try his hand at screenwriting. Yes. Yikes! Wouldn't you? I, I don't. I, I, I guess. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think at that point their marriage had really disintegrated, and Zelda needed more help than he could probably give her. Yeah. And he still he needed to make money to pay for her care. You know, not that I'm imagining the sanitarium to be a wonderful place where she was treated well, but um, that's hoping. Yeah. Maybe it's like a hopeful thing. So um, he goes ahead and he moves out to L.A. And tries his hand at screenwriting, moderately successful at that, then unfortunately dies of a heart attack at the age of 44. So he's actually in his 20s when he writes The Great Gatsby. He's 29, uh, which is kind of a shame because I'm 26. And what have I done? And you haven't written a seminal work of literature to be studied by people throughout the ages? I'm on Twitter. (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Um, so F. Scott Fitzgerald dies, um, at the age of 44 and, um, he winds up actually getting buried back in Maryland because the Key family, which he was named, uh, actually after a very famous individual who many people know, Francis Scott Key, um, who wrote the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, that's actually his cousin, and he was named after this cousin. He was very proud of that. But the Key family has a lot of history and uh, heritage in Maryland. So he actually winds up being buried in Maryland, in Rockville, Maryland, at the family plot. Um, He didn't leave very many orders for what to do after he died. So Zelda, again, in the sanitarium, has to make these decisions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So Zelda um, decides that he should come back and be buried with the family. And she actually can't attend the funeral because she's too sick. So his daughter comes 
and attends the funeral. They get him buried. That's great. Eight years later, Zelda dies and um, they bury her with him, but not next to him. Uh, what? They bury her on top of him because she only paid for one cemetery <gasps> plot. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so. Bargain um, Hunter. Yeah, but that's a new show. We're gonna Is s- it? I don't know. Zelda Bargain Hunter. You know, it's like, no, it's like House Hunters. Yes. On, plot Hunters. But it's Plot Hunters. And if you can't afford like a two bedroom or like a two plot, you can it's always have that. It's great. It's really comfortable, I've heard. It's so morbid. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So, so as I mentioned before, I'm really interested in F. Scott Fitzgerald and how much I see of him reflected in the text, in the actual story of The Great Gatsby. Um, but the, the publication, the story behind the book is actually really interesting. It took multiple sort of drafts and delays and titles working to get it published. Originally, F. Scott Fitzgerald sent it to his publisher as a text called Trimalchio in the West Egg. Uh, which <laughs> thank goodness it's the great Gatsby. No one today would be reading Trimalchio and the West Egg. I we'd probably have a lot more babies. What if we <laughs> a lot of Trimalchios running around? Yeah, I don't think um, so. How many but, Gatsby's do we have running around? I don't. I'll name my dog that. So uh, at least one. Um, so so Trimalchio and the West Egg. In the story kind of behind the title, Trimalchio is a character in an early Roman piece of literature that references this slave who um, gets free and starts to throw these really lavish parties. So obviously a clear connection. I think it was one of those like cultural references that people in the 1920s would have gotten. Um, it probably had a better ring to it for that culture at that time than our time because no one has heard of it. So um, that's how it gets its original title, Trimalchio and the West Egg. But his editor sends it back, and they go back and forth, and he's not sure. And eventually they come to The Great Gatsby, and they send it off for publication. It's already late. It's already delayed. And F. Scott Fitzgerald tries to get a letter in right before it gets published, asking to switch the title, and they say it's too late. So F. Scott actually really wanted it to be called Trimalchio and the West Egg, but ultimately it wound up as The Great Gatsby. So I think that's pretty cool. So now I want to get into some of the overlap and like connections that I see between F. Scott Fitzgerald and the character of Jay Gatsby. Uh, scholars have obviously written extensively sort of on this and the autobiographical nature of F. Scott Fitzgerald's work. Um, and I just think some of these are kind of cool to point out. So one of the things that Jay Gatsby in the text is known for um, is keeping a really detailed record of his life. In fact, at the end chapter, chapter eight or nine, they pull selections from his day runner, basically, that outline every single word, like piece of his day. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald did the same thing. Really? He kept fastidious records of every moment, like month by month of his life, from the time he was born up until, you know, just about his death. Wow. I would be so bored. Writing one for yourself <laughs> or reading his? Um, probably both. Yeah? I Like, as fascinating as I think, like, what do you keep track of? I mean, sometimes you just know you're going to be a big deal. And so you want to <laughs> keep a record for posterity of all the things that you did and all the parties you went to. I mean, I guess I have planners. Yeah. Those are actually more detailed than any <laughs> journal I'm sure that uh, Scott Fitzgerald Never mind. Has. Okay. But I wouldn't, like, 
I don't, I guess I don't feel the need to reread them. So, Oh, um, did he? Was that something he would do for fun? I don't know. I imagine he would. <laughs> Bedtime light reading. Bedtime light reading. He'd have Remember Zelda read them three? out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I was three and I walked to the to the stairs? That was the best day. <laughs> I loved that day. Yes. Um, so <laughs> he keeps these really, really detailed records and Jay Gatsby does as well. They're both from St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm. So I think that's kind of another interesting thing. He pulls a lot of connections from the locales and the places that he meets. Um, the characters of Jordan Baker and Tom Buchanan are actually based off real people. Um, that F. Scott Fitzgerald sort of socialized with when they ran at different parties and things like that. Um, so those had definite direct influences on it as well. Um, I'd hate to be the guy that Tom Buchanan is based <laughs> off of, though. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I have this character that I just I got a lot of inspiration from you. Like, how do you take that? He probably couldn't read. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like Tom Buchanan, he's not described as being particularly well read or literate in the text. So maybe he just couldn't. So he would just think life. it was an honor and never actually read it. Right. Perfect. Perfect. Done. He did a great job. Um, so those things kind of overlap. Other interesting connections between the two characters, I guess, between the two books, um, is that they both fall in love with flappers. Both of the flappers have issues. Um, they both, I guess, both of the flappers wind up dying after their husbands. Not that F. Scott Fitzgerald would have known that, but kind of in a weird foreshadowy type way. Uh Um, Jay Gatsby dies in a really tragic way. F. Scott Fitzgerald dies in a really tragic way. These are spoilers for The Great Gatsby. Kids, read the book. Okay. Listen to to your teacher read the book. Uh, It's great. It's gorgeous. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald is known for his beautiful, rhapsodic, poetic, prose um, and his language is just stunning so if nothing else other than a really interesting plot it's gorgeous gorgeous writing Uh, you'll expand your vocabulary in an insane way Um, so those are kind of, I think, some of the highlights of F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby and particularly his life. Um, again, very storied. He ran with a lot of different literary circles and is part of what we know now as today is the lost generation, which also includes writers like Ernest Hemingway. Um, in a sad sort of, they had a weird friendship of Scott Fitzgerald and Ernest Hemingway. Um, Hemingway often joked, but probably wasn't kidding, that um, Hemingway uh, was the successful friend and he was the failure. <laughs> um, what with friends like that? You I don't know, need enemies. That's fine. So obviously, in today's canon, you know, The Great Gatsby has been published in tons of different languages uh, around the world and continues to be one of the most well-read and, I think, beloved classics of American literature. Um, And who reads Hemingway, anyway? Lots of people. Like college, though. I guess you read, like, two stories of his and maybe, like, one of his novels. Um, But F. Scott Fitzgerald, I think, has definitely secured his place in American literature. His own right. They can both be the successful friend. Yeah. Good for them. (laughs) They're probably just sitting in heaven right now. Like, what if they're still fighting about it? They probably are. (laughs) They're probably keeping a running count of the total number of sales for both of their their books. books. Over, like, whiskey or something. Right. That's probably Right. right. So um, hopefully this introduced you to some of the more interesting nuances of The Great Gatsby and of its author. 
Um, if this is an interesting podcast to you, or if there's a way that I can bribe you with matzah or Girl Scout cookies, I still mm. have a couple boxes. Um, feel free to reach out. Um, find us on Twitter. We are getlit underscore podcast. And we're also now streaming on SoundCloud and streaming on Spotify. Um, so please share and pass along to your friends. We're having a great time doing this. And we got really lovely support from my mom. Um, and other family members that I didn't pay uh, to endorse and support this. So if this is interesting to you, please feel free to share it with your friends and family. Um, And it can be great entertainment for your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, whenever you just need to pick up a great work and learn a little bit more about it or a little less. So thank you for joining us. Stay tuned and tune in next week. Um, And as always, for the second time now, thank you for keeping it lit.